the left center field. Back toward the track. And that ball is gone. You are listening to the North Shore 9 podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go, Bucks! Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Starbucks. I am your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, as always, is Jim Rosati. Jim, welcome to a wonderful Wednesday. A wonderful Wednesday it is. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So... Obviously, no Pirates, but we do have a full slate of playoffs. Um, first round's over with. We're in the second round already. I want to ask you one thing real quick off the bat with these playoffs, okay? And the reason I want to ask it is we kind of alluded to it last week when the playoffs were starting and such, how it was kind of like a March Madness feel, like this whole day slated of playoffs, right? What is your right. take on this format? Is it almost too much baseball? Do you enjoy it? Um, I do enjoy it. I don't think it's too much baseball. Um, I I don't like – now, I don't like the 16 teams, right? Um, but I do like this format that they're going with in the uh, divisional series and the championship series where, you know, five games in five days. I, I, I think it actually – it accomplishes something that, you know, the playoffs should accomplish and it rewards good teams, you know, like full teams with depth. Whereas, you know, before you could ride three pitchers through a playoff series sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. Now you, you, you can't do that this year. Right? I mean, it's going to, it's going to take your full rotation. It's going to take, going to take your full bullpen. So <clears throat> I like it. I like it actually. I, this is one thing that I like. And I wouldn't mind seeing this particular format um, where they're playing every day. I would. I wouldn't mind seeing this stick. Interesting. Okay. Um, I'll. I'll say this. I do like how you mentioned about the depth, right? Like you don't have to be a very top-heavy team. You don't have to go out there and get two really, really good, you know, starting pitchers and just say, well, you know, we can coast through the regular season. Once we get to the playoffs, we're good because we're going to pitch these two three guys the whole entire time and and win the World Series, right? Like the dynamic of the game changes a lot from the regular season to the playoffs due to that. So now you truly need your depth. That I get. But I'm kind of on the fence about like the amount of games. And I think here's why. March Madness is great. I honestly, I, I love it. And I've been, you know, watching less and less basketball over, you know, the time of span of my life, I guess. But when it's March, the games are going. I love it. And what I think it makes March Madness so great is base- basketball. <laughs> basketball <laughs> is so fast-paced, right? And I think the action's always going, and you can keep up with it. You know, and you have the scoreboard watching, and people are going back and forth to different games. You know, hey, it's tight in this game. Let's focus on, you know, game number three. You know, and oh, there's there's been a score change in game number five. Let's switch over to them. And I think the thing about baseball is you can't really dictate when like runs are going to happen and action's going to come if that makes sense. You know, when it's 79 to mm-hmm. 77, let's tune in this game. But as we saw last night, it could be 4 to 1. It could be 5 to 1. You know, and like that, it's now 5 to 5 on one pitch and it's like 
well, now we miss that action because we're tuned into something like that. So I think you lose out. Like when it comes to baseball, you ha- you kind of want to sit down and watch the entire game and not go back and forth so much as far as action. Where in basketball, you can do that. Um, so I think that's where I kind of miss out and kind of not as appeal to this type of format in that sense. Like to, what we're getting at is, like you said, like I said mm-hmm. is it maybe too much baseball? That I kind of agree with. I, I almost feel as if each game should have its own showcased slot. Yeah, and I think there's actually a way to do that. Um, nah, maybe not when it's like an eight-game day like it was yesterday. Um, <laughs> that's that's going to be, I guess, the main issue. Because I, I, Okay, so I do agree with you there. Like, you, If you're watching something, now my TV setup's a little different where I can watch – <laughs> one game at a time but if you only have one screen if right, you only have um, one screen per wall if you <laughs> if you only have one screen then i could see how you could you could kind of just kind of you could just feel like you're missing something right um because as you mentioned anything can happen at any time baseball is a sport like where it's not like like there's no nfl red zone channel for baseball Right, you know, because you know your every pitch, like you could score on every single pitch. Um, whereas a lot of sports aren't always like that. I mean, I guess they are technically, but you know, it's it's not as as not as um, it's less predictive of when yeah scoring is going to happen. Yeah, like even on NFL so, red zone, like you might not score a touchdown every time, but you're in the red zone. You're probably going to get at least a field goal. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's more likely that you're going to get a any type of points on the board. But like in baseball, you can have bases loaded with no outs. As Pirates fans, uh, they're very familiar with this. And not score any runs. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I, th- I, I think guess that's part so, of it. I guess, though, like how many times, like realistically, how many times are you watching like every playoff game anyways? You know, so. Okay. I guess, I guess looking at that, like how many people watch every divisional series game like the full game there's probably not really that many people who do it that's that's a fair Um, point up until this year i I pretty much was i've been really busy this week but uh yeah but i I mean i i think it's probably a very slim yeah i mean like you're saying yeah probably like the casual fan isn't tuned into every single game they likely have a life yeah, they're they're tuning into like the prime time game, maybe. Um, but that's it. Like they're not watching the two o'clock Marlins Braves game, right? Um, they're not staying up late to watch the Dodgers Padres, unless you're maybe West Coast. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I see what you're saying there. Um, about about like that with with the TV standpoint. Um. I don't know. I feel like I like it though, just from a the best team has a better chance of winning, I think. You know, so, and I think that's really ultimately what we want. We want the best team to win the championship. And I think this format actually, um, you know, helps that. Just by the having to play every day. Aspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, you're gonna have to use more pitching. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to move. You're gonna have to use all your starters. You're gonna have to 
to use your your full bullpen as opposed to mm. you know how some teams can ride with like those like those maybe like they have like three relievers that they really trust right and they can kind of just coast through a series with those three guys you know now you can't do that you're gonna have to use your you're gonna have to use your full bullpen during during this so so not like you know having Andrew Miller as that weapon in the bullpen that you can just throw out there every game for like two innings. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I think um like I said it it rewards those teams who have built a good team. Right. Yeah, that's very fair. And and I do agree with that absolutely. Uh, I do think I like the format in the sense that there are games every day so it mirrors more of the regular season. It doesn't change. I mean that was kind of like the issue Ryan I feel like always had that issue on the show. You know, September baseball, how like why in September do we just now have a 40 man roster? All things change, you know, when it didn't happen for the entire season. And I feel like to the, the playoffs, that's obviously even a greater degree. You know, you're playing games almost every day. Now you're not. You're saving guys. You're resting guys. So depth doesn't really matter. I mean, you can almost carry like you're like a 15 man roster in playoffs, you know, because there's probably 10 guys that probably hardly ever see any action. Mm-hmm. Now they absolutely have to. So, yeah, I do like how it is more every day. Um, that's really good for baseball, I think. And just, again, for strategy-wise, there's more incentive for teams to have quality depth. And then, uh, but, yeah, I, I think to me, again, just the the baseball st- st- mindset, just, I don't know. I think I, I thought having all this baseball would be great, but I almost think it's kind of counterproductive. But to your degree, maybe it's just because we're not so much the casual fan. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see what our ratings do and how everything comes by once it's done and and such. I will say this though, and this is this is a this is an issue that I really don't like, and it's something that this postseason, I guess, has almost encouraged because of the way that that it is is i really i really dislike all the bullpen usage and it's it's just across baseball like it and i'm not one of those people like i'm like i'm not a quote unquote baseball purist like i'm fine with trying new things and seeing what works but there's like like this is like the it's a, it's the death of the starting pitcher I feel like, you know, Mm -hmm. you've got like these dominant guys, but how many times have we seen starting pitchers go two innings, you know, one inning, two innings, three innings. And then you see this just parade of relief pitchers come in and it does a couple things. First off, it just completely messes with the flow of the game. Like it just, it takes a long time for all these relief pitchers to go in if the goal of baseball is to try to condense the game and and not drag it out, you know, we need starting pitchers to go more than two innings. Um, And I think that's, that's one thing that I am not a fan of. Like, I I don't, I don't like it how, you know, in the Rays Yankees game, there were, gosh, I mean, I'm looking at the box score, four, five, six, seven, (laughs) eight, nine. There were 10 pitchers used in that game. Right. um, Between the two teams. And I don't want to see that. You know, I want to see I want to see starting pitchers go deep. I want to see it, it, it's it just messes with the flow. Um it, it more than anything. Like it's not I don't want to see a new pitcher every single inning. It takes forever to do that. Um 
and I mean, I, I haven't even looked at the box score of the Padres Dodgers game, but I mean, Clevenger, I could kind of see how the Padres yesterday had to kind of change their thing because Clevenger got hurt after one inning. Right. But I mean, even the Dodgers, Walker Bueller only went four innings. You know, there were, there were, I'm, I'm looking, 14 pitchers <laughs> used in the Padres Dodgers game. And, and like you're saying, pitchers. yeah, I think it was by less design of the Padres. Reading up on that today, you know, Tinkler and everything said, like, I guess he more or less felt tight after the first inning. And that's why they pulled him after two pitches in the second. So, yeah, I think it's less by design and they're more forced. But you definitely have a point and you do see a lot more. And maybe as we mentioned how these playoffs expose depth, I guess that's how some teams are going about that and saying, well, we don't have five, four starting pitchers. Mm -hmm. So let's bullpen a game. And and maybe I mean, that is what we're seeing. The Padres used nine pitchers yesterday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In a game one of a playoff game. Like game one of the playoffs, they used nine pitchers. Probably doesn't bode too well for, <laughs> for your team. No. Like, I, I don't know what they're – like, they – As a, it's just a trend that, that I'm seeing. And it, it's just becoming more of a trend every year. Yeah, and that is that is one thing that I just I do not like. I do not like that at all. Um, I don't want to see that many pitchers in a game, Donardo. And, and I feel and for one, yeah. I think this is definitely another topic to really expand upon another day because this itself could hijack the entire show. But uh, mm -hmm. but I feel like this is kind of started back with like the Kansas City Royals days, like the bullpen, and that was like the the way to go, you know, we saw the Yankees then expand upon it and, you know, almost mimic that with their extremely talented bullpen. And, and, and you're right. You know, we're seeing more and more bullpen usage, less and less starters, which in a lot of times I think is, is wise and smart if done correctly. But as far as a product goes, you know, as a, a consumer of the game, watching it, I definitely see your, your viewpoint as well. You know, you see a new guy up every single time, you said the change of the flow, of course, the length of time to get all those bullpen pitchers ready. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. I see that. Yeah. I, I definitely see that. And and like I said, we won't talk about this the whole time, but it's just I, I'm not arguing the the logic behind it. It, mm -hmm. it does clearly have some benefits to it. Um, I just don't like it as a watcher of the game. Gotcha. And I don't really know a way to fix it. Like. I don't know a way to fix it because you can't you can't make a rule that says like a starting pitcher has to go five innings. Like you can't you, that that rule can't exist, you know, right. um, <laughs> because we have so, no pitchers. <laughs> yeah, so that 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 cannot exist as as a rule in the, in baseball. But it's just it's it, I I don't like it. Don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. Good good enough deal. All right. So uh, yeah. So we'll move on from the playoffs. Let's go and talk a little bit of Pirates right now. Um, there's some news, even though the Pirates aren't playing right now. For one, I guess let's talk about the uh, the front office shakeup, if you may. The Pirates did go ahead and they cut ties with Jim Malone, the strength and conditioning coach, right? They also, I should have had this ready. <laughs> I want to make sure I get the names right. There are a few moves I need to 
get that in front of me here too. Right. So yeah. So their strength coach Jim Malone, um, their head athletic trainer Brian Housen, and their senior advisor Nick Lavia are all gone. I guess. I mean, this isn't like you know, role breaking news. It isn't as if you know Derek Shelton was replaced by any means, but I do think this is newsworthy in a sense that you know obviously we're still cleaning house um in this i mean you see the head athletic trainer you see the strength coach gone this is a team who has definitely seen its share of injuries jim last year this year even though a shortened season and things were weird this year um it just seems like uh, there's there are a lot of injuries and i know there's a lot of variables you know, I don't know. I'm not inside the clubhouse. You're not inside the clubhouse. You're not inside of and seeing everything that's going on. You don't know the the work ethic of these guys, what they're using, you know, what methods and such. Um, none of us can really dictate and see and, and say, well, this is clearly why they had to go, even with injuries. Because, you know, I think it's, it's weird with injuries. I mean, people themselves can be more injury prone than others. You can't truly blame that on a, you know, training coach. And also, too, like with injuries – they can kind of be just freak injuries as well. So I, I'm not going to put every type of injury on a strength coach and conditioning coach and say, well, the, the Pirates had the most injuries, so therefore you have to go. But there probably is some type of correlation. And again, I think it's pretty clear there's been a lot of injuries on this team over the past few years. Yeah, and um, and I don't, I don't really think that's necessarily all tied to the trainer. I, th- I think it's just a lot of it has to do with a lot of it just has to do with baseball in general. Now, uh, I mean, it's not like this is a this this isn't a problem confined to the Pirates, where you know people are getting hurt, especially pitchers. Um, I, I'm actually of the belief that just these injuries are going to happen because these pitchers are throwing the ball so damn hard now. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, you know, arms weren't designed to throw 98 mile an hour pitches all the time. And, and I feel like that's just the, uh, you know, injuries are just going to be a part of that. Um, you know, as velocities just continue to rise and rise and rise, I think you're just going to see more, more injuries to, to pitchers. Um but yeah, I, I think a lot of the turnover just has to do with last off season, the Pirates just got such a you know late start on, on getting charity yeah, because did. it took them so it took them so long to 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 kind of do all of this, right? To to you know get Neil Huntington out, hire Charrington. By the time that he was hired, I don't think he really had the opportunity to go in there and do like a, a full overhaul of, of the front office staff. Um, so I think that's just what we're seeing now is he's now going to implement the changes that he would have, he would have liked to have done last year um, that he just didn't have time. Like he needed a few people to be held over from Huntington's, you know, um, regime just to basically make things run. Um so I think that's why you see like Larry Broadway being reassigned. That's why you see some of these other guys, you know, being, being let go. Um, just because I think it in a normal off season, I think the stuff would have been done last year. It's just, there wasn't time to do it. Yes. And actually good point. I totally botched about bringing up Larry Broadway as well. Um, yeah. He also was a, uh, a guy, I, I don't know, but he said reassigned, um, not so much let go and release, but yeah, I mean, 
not doing his duties anymore. So I, I'm with you. You know, the, I feel like there was just only so much they could do last year. And, you know, you can't blame Charrington. You know, he couldn't control when he was hired by the Pirates. You know, they decided to let go of everyone. I, 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 I don't know. We, we, we talked in that whole debacle last offseason, you know. But <laughs> yeah. but it, it is what it is. It's over now. And, yeah, like and, and going back to what I was kind of saying last week, too, how important this offseason is, you know, and that's part of it. Like, this is finally like his first offseason where he can <clears throat> say, this team's mine. You know, here's all the changes, all the moves I want to go with. Um, and then he is starting to do it. So, so, so you're right. You know, this could also just be less of the team was so injured. These guys got to go and more of, I want to bring in my guys. Yeah. I, I think it's more of that than anything. Um, like, I don't think this team would have been any different with Charrington's guys than, mm-hmm. than Huntington's guys. They, they were bad. <laughs> so um, I really think it's just a matter of him getting his, his guys in there. I, I really think that's just what this is. Cool. And as I kind of teased, you know, in our group text about this, who, who was telling Jim Malone that he's no longer coming back to work? Cause that wasn't going right. to be me. I wasn't going to tell Jim. <laughs> I would hate to be that person. I get to see Charrington be like, uh, let me let me find this intern. Hey, I need you to do this for me. I need you to tell Jim not to come back tomorrow. Because that's a bad man. Yeah. Um gosh. I was looking, he was he was um he's been with the pirates for a while, hasn't he? He has. Oh so, I forget I mean, exactly it, when I he came through, over. But. I guess through um yeah, I guess 2018 is when he was named as the yeah, So it was 2018. Okay, so it wasn't too too long. Um, yeah, so I, I yeah, I mean he's he he was he's been somebody who's I mean he's been on he's been in Major League Baseball, you know, in conditioning strength and conditioning forever. So um, I said, I think that's just a matter of. Sherrington probably has a guy that he wants in that position. And, yeah. you know, that that's, I think that's all it is. I don't think there's too much to read into it. Cool. 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 All right. So after the front office shakeups, we have another little shakeup, Jim. JT Riddle was, well, put it this way. You know, he was DFA. He selected free agency. He will not return to the pirates. Um, Congratulations, JT Riddle. I guess, I don't know. We, we have a, a little tribute for him. So let's go ahead and play it here. <clears throat> All the, the memories, the fond memories of JT Riddle in 2020. Not hitting for a lot of the key guys. Thank you, JT Riddle. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate the memories. <laughs> Thank you for your service. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's go back and revisit this just a little bit. Um, this is where we get a little cynical, you know. I, I hey, he's a guy trying to do his job. I get it, but I never really quite understood the signing to begin with. It was a one year, eight hundred fifty thousand dollar deal. Um, it wasn't as if we we knew we weren't going to be competitive. Right. And this is before 
you know, it became a 60, 60 game season and anything can happen. You know, over 162 games, this team was not going to be competitive. We we didn't need any more depth, I feel like, in the middle infield with 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 these guys. If you had Cole Tucker, you had Adam Frazier, you had Kevin Newman, you know, the obviously was Eric Gonzalez. You know, adding like a JT Riddle to the mix just didn't make any sense to me. But as Parada said, there there were at least one there was at least one scout that thought this guy could be dripping with power one day. Um we didn't quite see it. So his tenure with the Pirates, he did have 69 very nice plate appearances. Uh, he did have one home run, one stolen base. He batted 149. He had a four way to run a created plus. So just 96% below average <laughs> and a negative 0.8 war. Um, yeah, so things didn't go well with JT Riddle, I would say. No, and like you mentioned before, it was a signing that just was mind-blowing. I actually just did a quick Twitter search for, for all the tweets where I, I said Riddle. Uh-huh. Uh, it all starts with January 31st that okay. he was signed. And it all starts – it started with WTF kind <laughs> of major league signing is JT Riddle. <laughs> so that was that. And then I said – my column on JT Riddle. My column. He's trash. <laughs> Thank you for reading. <laughs> okay. Didn't disappoint. Um, yeah. So those that's what I had to say about the JT Riddle signing to begin with. Um, and the fact that he got... He played 23 games this year. 69 played appearances. Like, why? Why did he play that much? That's a good point too. After the fact, why did he? Yeah, why did he? Why did he play that much? I don't. I don't like. First off, it was a terrible signing. I, I get maybe you just need like warm bodies, but they didn't actually really need him at all. Like they had other people who could do just that. Um, <laughs> and 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 uh, I that was just I don't understand that from the get go. The dripping with power <laughs> comment was <laughs> if. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if I'm that scout's like employer, like if I'm the major league organization who employs that scout, right? I want to know who that is so that I can fire him. And like that's the thing too. So and I always not always, but you know, I mentioned here and there, obviously with me living in Jacksonville. I mean, I I do follow the Marlins probably a lot closer than most people. Um so like JT Riddle, I've actually watched here in, in double A Jacksonville, you know, when he was with playing with the Suns and such. Um, so I've, I've kind of seen his career path with the Marlins, you know, minor leagues. And even though he was one of like the, the top 20, I think prospects at the time, you know, he, he was up there on some lists. Like he never really showed too much in the minors either, especially power wise, you know, it was always talked about somewhat, you know, in a fashion, not this guy was dripping with power, but you know, it could potentially come and such, but it never really did. I mean, he never really hit for power. But also, like, he was never that productive in the minors. Um, and then he'd come over to the majors with the Marlins and, you know, didn't show pretty much anything with them. Like, this is my mindset. And it's going to be funny now talking about it because here the Marlins are playing in the second, you know, series of the playoffs against the Braves right now. But my thing was, you know, the Marlins were a bad team last year. And they weren't going to be a good team this year. Although some things worked out in their favor. They made some trades. When the Marlins don't need a JT Riddle, when the Marlins look at their player and say, you're not even good enough to make our roster, 
that probably tells you something, especially on a team that picked number three overall last year. And, you know, like you said, like, so the Pirates picked him up. It was a major league deal. You know, I mean, it was, it was decent money, $850,000 for a position that they didn't need. I, I just, again, it kind of boggled me. Um, unless it's maybe one of our scouts. Maybe it's our guy that needs fired. Maybe they talked to Charrington and was like, listen, Oof. you know, I'm breaking this guy down. He could be dripping with power one day. Let's make this deal. That's all I can see. It's almost like the Eric Gonzalez thing where, you know, the scouts saw something and they wanted to try to bring it out because it's never been there before. And maybe the, the Pirates thought they could do it. And clearly they didn't. And maybe it's just simply the fact that he's not that good of a baseball player. Clearly they didn't. <laughs> clearly. Yeah. I. The one thing that, that he had going for him this year was his versatility. But even if you look at that, he was terrible everywhere you put him. <laughs> yes. So he was he was awful. Like he was awful all around. He couldn't hit, he couldn't field. He was a bad baseball player. Like he was just <laughs> really, really bad. And I, I don't really know other way to put it. Like, I mean, yeah, he's a major leaguer. He played major league baseball, but he's he was terrible. And just put those numbers out there, too, because I did have those uh, prepared. So he did start 10 times at third base, three errors. He started two times at shortstop, one error. I mean, those are just errors. We're not even going like advanced mm-hmm. metrics and stuff. Like, just a plain, flat-out error. Right? He basically uh, uh, three in 10 starts at third, right? And I think one and two even, starts at short. What made the third base starts even more frustrating is that, like, <laughs> he did that all while Cabrian Hayes was just like sitting in Altoona. Right. Right. Which we saw what Cabrian Hayes did. <laughs> right. And, you know, if you heard us talk about it, I mean, I think obviously like the numbers support that Cabrian Hayes is a NL rookie of the year, but it's like the, the plate appearances don't support that. You know, that that's where his downfall is. It's only this many games. If JT Riddle wasn't here, maybe Cabrian Hayes gets caught up earlier, and now he is the rookie of the year. So that's how those dominoes could have felt yeah. for, for That's uh, true. Yeah. JT Riddle's not here. Cabrian Hayes is probably up two weeks earlier, at least. And, uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows what happens at that point? And imagine being Cabrian Hayes and thinking, like, the reason I'm not here is because of that guy. And I'm watching him every night on TV as well. And I'm seeing... <laughs> I don't know what I'm seeing. Not, not a baseball player. I mean, he's he's poor offensively, poor defensively, and it's like, and here I am stuck in Altoona because of this guy. Ugh. Weighted runs created plus of four is pretty is pretty bad. Pretty bad. That's <laughs> that's, pretty, that's the range. That's, <laughs> pretty. Bad. That is pretty bad. I'm actually gonna look real quick to see where that ranks that's, among. It's kind of impressive. At least we'll go with at least sixty. Late appearances. That's fair. Over the season. Weighted runs created plus. All right. Are we ready for this? Let's do it, Jim. JT Riddle. Out of players with at least 60 plate appearances. The third worst hitter in baseball. There are actually two people worse. Two people worse. Jose Garcia of the Reds who was a late season call-up. 
and uh, who I think is only like 19 years old too. And uh, Oscar Mercado, Oscar Mercado. So Mercado had a pathetic Jeez, he had a bad year. Mm. But that says a lot. I mean, the yep. third worst yep. player in baseball, basically, offensively. Third worst. Yep. Third With a, you know, a solid amount of plate appearances. Something third worst. Like. You know, you know who was even better at sixth worst was <laughs> Who's that? John Ryan Murphy. John Ryan Murphy oh, had a wow. beat by by quite a bit, actually. So there you go. There you go. JT Riddle, not as good as John John Ryan Murphy. I'm actually looking at this, and then fifth word, just geez, there there were three pirates in the in the bottom six. <laughs> <laughs> Number John one, Murphy, pick, baby. John Ryan Murphy was sixth worst. JT Riddle was third worst. Gerard Dyson was fifth worst. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yep. Oh man. Oh man. What a oh, year. Man. What yeah. a year. Kind of. I mean, you know, uh, there's no more pirates baseball. <clears throat> It is sad, but in the same sense, like I'm kind of thankful this was only a 60 game season because we got that out the way. We secured the number one spot, you know, and then the draft order. Like, okay, good, we got we got what we needed. Let's move forward now. Let's think ahead, and, and we're afforded that ability now, opposed to still watching 102 more Pirates games. Um, yeah. So JT yeah, Riddle, we, no, longer. we were blessed. We were blessed we were to have blessed. the 60-game season. Hashtag blessings. Hashtag blessings. <laughs> so, yeah. So, no more. I mean, potentially no more. Who knows? Maybe he resigns next year. We, we don't know. But as of right now, he's a free agent. He's allowed to sign with anyone he wants to, as long as they're willing to sign him. All right. So, yeah. So, move on from JT. Another little house cleaning here. I mean, not so much. I mean, he's not really with the Pirates anymore. But, I mean, I think he deserves to be talked about. So, Francisco Cervelli has announced his retirement officially. You know, he was, unfortunately, you know, he was with the Marlins, who are in the playoffs, but couldn't finish out the season because he did have another concussion. Um, Quite frankly, I mean, that's why the Pirates let him go, because of the concussions he had with the team. And they said, we're not going to play you at, you know, catcher anymore. Like, we're not going to jeopardize your career We'll grant you your, you know, your free agency that you can sign with the one he signed with the Braves last year. Uh, semi-productive, you know, he's with a playoff run. And then this year he signed with the Marlins on a free agent contract. And he started, you know, playing, obviously because of the COVID situation. Jorge Alfaro wasn't starting for the team, so he got in there. But then another concussion came to him. He finishes out this year with just 62 plate appearances. Um, was productive in those that time, but does call it a career. Um I mean, as you joked, maybe this is more for me than you. Yeah, I did enjoy Cervelli's tenure. Um, he was a productive catcher. Injuries obviously derailed a lot of his production for the Pirates. But I was also one that I just enjoyed his personality. I know a lot of people got – I'm not going to say fed up, but it kind of turned off some people around Pittsburgh. His antics, if you if you may. Um, I, I loved it. I mean, what – what catcher yeah. has the balls to always argue and, and yell at the umpires <laughs> mm-hmm. when they're trying to get calls yeah. on the other end? I don't know. I enjoyed Cervelli in his time. I don't know. What about you? No, I I, I agree. I think t- towards the beginning of his Pirates career, you know, I enjoyed him a little bit more than towards the end. And a lot of it just had to do with the injuries. It, it was It was time for him to either just 
move positions or, or something, but, and he was, he was pretty stubborn about sticking a catcher. Um, no, but I mean, I, he was just, it was kind of cool because, you know, Cervelli was, he came right after Russell Martin. Um, big shoes was another, there. another guy though, that was like the Yankees cast off and, you know, the pirates, found you know knew this thing about him it was what was cool about this was back when the pirates were smart right you know they acquired right. cervelli no, knowing hey they were like hey this guy needs to play more basically um they're like, like we see like we we know this guy is good he needs to be playing more than he is and it was the same deal with russell martin same deal with cervelli and and that 2015 season that he had with the pirates was like truly a, it was a special season like there were there were talks that Francisco Cervelli could be team MVP, you know, and, uh, and that was when Andrew McCutcheon had like an, an amazing year. So that was a 98 win team that he was on. Um, and he was in the discussion for the best player on that team. So that was, that was great to see. I mean, if you look at, I've got a fan graphs page up and his, his defensive statistics for 2015 and 2016 are I, I, I'm kind of mind blown just even going back and looking at those. Um, you know, we talk about Stallings being a good defensive catcher, but geez, Cervelli was he was he was in another league, right? Yeah. And and he 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 was so valuable to this team and he was productive as a hitter. He he got on base a lot. He you know, he, he didn't really hit for a ton of power in his first few seasons with the Pirates, but he got on base um played great defense and yeah he, he's a likable guy like he's he's somebody where if you're watching the game he had a personality and, and that's something that you want to see so yeah I he was definitely an enjoyable person to watch um it, it just kind of came his time where the injuries you know, how, you know how much longer could you do this for and I think we started seeing signs of that in, in his last you know year or two with the Pirates, it was it was like okay, we need to make sure that you know I mean this guy's gonna have a life after baseball. He he really needs to kind of watch it. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it, it definitely disheartening you know to see him go because he's a fun guy to watch. Um, he wasn't my favorite player, but he I liked him. I enjoyed watching him play, and. uh yeah, it, it'll be it'll be sad not being able to watch him anymore. He was, <laughs> he, was uh, he was one of the more underrated players um, played during his career, and I think that just shows with just how much playing time he got in his first six seven years in the majors. He he was productive, and he just didn't play as much as he as he probably should have. Right, and, and part of that I think is I mean the Pirates benefited because the Yankees had such a pipeline of catchers too, you know, and, and like you said, the Russell Martin was the cast off, which I mean, he wasn't being productive. That's part of the reason for him. It was more of him and his performance and less of the actual true pipeline, I guess. But like with Cervelli, it was kind of thing like he was fighting for playing you know, time. He couldn't really get any, um, and it benefited the Pirates. So, and I, I thought so. And I looked it up and yeah, I mean, think about this. It was a trade with Justin Wilson. Like the Pirates traded reliever, Justin Wilson and got Francisco Cervelli. So, yes, back when the Pirates were good, what a win. You know, you trade Justin Wilson, who in that year, he was traded to the Yankees, 61 innings, had a 310 ERA, 
269 FIP. I mean, that's productive numbers, but again, that's just a reliever. The Pirates got basically like a six-war player at, at a catching position. So, yeah, right off there, off the bat, what a win. Um, I think like with Cervelli, we, we were pounding the table here for how many years? I can't tell you. Probably since he got traded over. Like Cervelli at leadoff. I wanted to see it. You know, because like you said, like he his bat was productive, but it's much different. It wasn't so much power, but he got on base quite a bit, especially when he was healthy. Um, but I just felt like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I don't really have favorite players except for Juan Soto. <laughs> I just enjoy players and stuff. And and to me, like with Cervelli, he just always seemed like he was one of us. You know, like he was just a down down to earth dude who. You could probably just see and hang out and have a good time with uh, full of personality again with a sport that craves it. Uh, he had it. <laughs> and it was just funny again, because the position he played was a catcher and he wasn't afraid to, to tell the umpire, you know, his feelings and his thoughts and then go back out there and try to catch her, his pitcher and, and get calls from that same umpire for his pitcher. So I felt that to be kind of funny. Um, yeah, I mean, I, here's a little little video of uh, so they walk the tightrope and have a get out of it. Billy Strand two in the second. Bit of delayed chatter here. Shirley talking over with Larry Vanover. I'm, I'm sure it's nothing. They're just having a conversation now. This isn't an argument, so we'll be back. Uh, they get along. <laughs> so again, I mean, that's you know his pitchers out there. I mean, he he fought for his pitchers. I mean, that's that's good. But again, it's just kind of funny. Like, this guy's a catcher, and you're trying to get the umpire on your side. He he made yeah, every game no, that interesting. Was, that was fun. <laughs> No, it was um again. It, he he was a he was a fun guy to watch. It all, it, you know, him 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 being away. I kind of liked what the Pirates did last year with him, where you know they they let him go, you know, to to try to go to the playoffs, and and you know, I I bet he probably appreciated that. So I I I could see Cervelli being one of those guys who you know comes back and you know. You know, he he could be a a fun retired player who you know contributes somehow you know to this team in the future. Maybe not necessarily as a coach or something, but I know I think he's actually trying to get into coaching. So I don't know he he could be a guy. Maybe you know you, you shove him in the minors and and just kind of let him let him let him coach some some teams. I don't I don't know. It would be fun to see him back in the organization. That's exactly what I was going to pivot this next to because you're right. So he retires and he does say how, I mean, he still has a love for the game. He it appears he wants to be part of it. And like you said, coaching likely catchers make some pretty good coaches and managers, it seems. So, you know, he, he has that, you would feel, you know, mentality and such. Uh, he's learned a lot in the game. So, I mean, there's a possibility of, of that in the future. Um, and I would say, yeah, I mean, obviously he spent more years of the organization of the Yankees and such, but I would probably more or less call him a pirate if you look over his career. You know, if you were to head into a Hall of Fame, it probably would be the Pirates uh, on his hat. So, you know, I think there would probably be an inside track with the Pirates organization if he were to choose 
in that sense. Do, do you see a fit here? You know, like you said, maybe, I guess, stashing in the Myers. But I'm also thinking, too, because this is a guy who does have a really, really fun personality. He tends to enjoy the camera, if you may. Uh, the ladies tend to enjoy him in front of the camera also. So I don't know. It is maybe also potential, not so much coaching, but just being in the organization, maybe a TV gig, maybe something like that. Uh, potentially, I don't know. The one thing about a TV gig is, I mean, it's not that he doesn't speak English well. It's just the accent is pretty right. heavy. So I don't know if that would play on TV as well, like over the course of, you know, like a game, you know, um, or, or with, with like a pregame or a postgame thing. Um, so that I could see maybe being an issue for, for some people. But I know I think I, I did see something the other day where he he actually, you know, would like to coach. So I saw that. But I, I think that's probably his next step. Um, and I mean, I'm sure he's got, I'm sure he's got plenty of connections around baseball. So I mean, he, <laughs> he's uh, he played major league baseball for 13 years, so he knows he knows people. Um, people know him, and you know, played in four different organizations. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I guess I could see is he wasn't really a, he wasn't a Charrington guy, so I don't know if that may have an issue with him coming back to the Pirates as a as you know in a in a coaching role, right? But um, but no, I I I don't think we've heard the last of Francisco Cervelli. Like I, I have a feeling that he'll be around. Ah, oh, bless me. <laughs> i'm getting them jt bless riddle you. blessings um bless you. just just like the 60 game season there it is so uh yeah i like it so francisco francisco cervelli retires and i'm with you too i doubt we've seen the last of him um kind of excited to see where his next step will be and i guess to follow that career path but yeah so that pretty much wraps it up that's pretty much all the happenings in the pirates organization right now we are still amidst the postseason play, and then once that's over, and you know the real offseason starts, I'm sure there'll be a lot more action. Fingers crossed, Jim. Much more action this year in the offseason for the Pirates that we can talk about. But um, yeah, so anything you wanted to add here before we go? Um, no, another four game day today, or eight game day, another eight game day today. So. If you want to watch baseball, it'll be on all day. <laughs> buy yourself another TV. <laughs> I had another, be buy like Jim TV. and yes. have three on a wall. And there you have no problems. You can watch every game. Don't have to worry about flipping. I mean, last night I could watch both baseball games and the NBA Finals. See, how about that? Yeah. There you go. And then on Sundays you can watch it and have Red Zone on. And that way you can potentially, you know, be in the midst of like, 10 10 or 11 games exactly i like it all right well i'll watch tv on my one and laptop when i want an extra game so (laughs) with that said that works too that works too we will be back tomorrow night so as mentioned before uh thursdays we are renewing our ns9 jeopardy tomorrow night is our first episode three contestants going tune in thursday 9 p.m right here We'll see y'all then. Bye-bye.
Bye.